Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible. Our reading for today comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest seeking letters to the synagogues in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and into the city. You will be told what you must do. Those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. In Damascus there was a certain disciple named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias! He answered, Yes, Lord. The Lord instructed him, Go to Judas's house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias countered, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man. People say he has done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priests to arrest everyone who calls on your name. The Lord replied, Go, this man is the agent I have chosen to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Ananias went to the house. He placed his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you on the way as you were coming here. He sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, flakes fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After eating, he regained his strength. He stayed with the disciples in Damascus for several days. Right away, he began to preach about Jesus in the synagogues. He is God's son, he declared. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, we looked at going out and preaching the message of how Christ can change hearts and lives. This week we look at an act of change itself. We have the story of Saul, who will be known as Paul, someone we are familiar with for writing a majority of the text that we have in the New Testament. And we see two lives changed, where we often only focus on the one. On the one hand, we have Saul, the key figure in our story, who is fighting against the believers in Christ. An upstart group that is upsetting the traditional authorities, those who follow the way, are to be punished. So Saul is looking to get rid of these upstarts. And on his way to Damascus to do just that, Saul hears a voice, and it's the voice of Jesus asking him why he is persecuting his followers. 
With this, Saul is struck blind. So he goes into Damascus and waits and prays. Then Ananias is given a message to go see Saul, to lay hands on him and heal him. And Ananias isn't sure he should go. Because he's heard what Saul is doing. He thinks this is a bad idea. That this isn't the type of person he should go and see and heal. But the Lord says he's got plans. So Ananias should go. So Ananias goes. In the name of Christ, he heals Saul. Saul's response is to go up and get baptized and to begin preaching the good news in the synagogues. He is God's son, he declared. Now, the reason I see there are two changes here was because we have the one that we always focus on with Saul. Saul is against the church, then he is struck blind, and when he is healed, he realizes his mistake and goes and begins preaching about the resurrected Christ. But there's another change happening here. And I think it's the change we might be able to relate to a little bit easier. Because we may never have been on the side of persecuting the church and needing to be completely turned around, but Ananias has his own change going on. Ananias is afraid to go heal this man because of everything he's done and the fear of what he will do. Because he isn't the right type of person to belong. He's been persecuting the church, not helping it. He is a threat. But Ananias is convinced to go heal him anyway. Because despite Ananias' human misgivings, Christ is out to change hearts and lives and knows that the only way for people to change is to be given a chance to change. And that's the change that you see in Ananias. That he goes and he heals Saul because he is convinced by Christ that it's the right thing to do. And the reason this struck me is because I think it's easy to feel like Ananias at times. To see somebody and say, well, that's not the right person for the message. They're never going to know what to do with it. When we think about who we want to share the good news with, who to offer our support to, we don't think of somebody who's actively working against us violently, who is actively trying to stop us from doing good. Because too often the default response is, he got what he deserved. Saul persecuted the church. He should be stuck blind. But the problem we run into is, how does that ever give Saul a chance to change his heart and his life? If we're so busy judging Saul that we never give him a chance for redemption, then we judge ourselves. 
If we aren't willing to open the door to change, how can we expect people to want that change? There's something fascinating for me in all of this in that we have the unexpectedness of Saul being chosen as someone to reach out to the people and the unexpectedness of having Ananias have to go and heal him. I don't think any of the players in this story understood their role until that change had come. One man was trapped in his hatred, wanting to stamp out anything that was different from what he thought was right, wanting to get rid of any contradictory viewpoints simply because they didn't need to be there. The other is afraid to address someone that has been so misguided. What I see in this is that both of them needed Christ's help to be able to love, to be able to change their lives in love. And in an odd way, these two men needed each other. Saul needing Ananias to come and lay hands on him so that he could see again, so that he could be healed and to go out and do the work that he was called to do. And we have Ananias needing Saul because he needs to understand that he has to reach out even to people he's unsure of. The commonality is that they both needed to open themselves up to a deeper love in Christ. Too often we get hung up on the idea that there are right people and wrong people to reach out to at the good news. Because we feel like the wrong type of people will never listen anyway. That they have no need to hear the good news because they will not hear it. That the wrong people will never change because they're so convinced of their ways that they will never hear what we have to say. <clears throat> the problem that we run into is that if we aren't willing to open ourselves up to change, we can't let others experience that change through us because we are instruments of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy when we open ourselves up to Christ. When we talk about communion, we talk about it as an open table, open to all people who are seeking God. But how often are we an open people, open to helping anyone who even slightly begins to turn towards God? Seeing that one person hesitantly peeking around the corner of faith to see what might be there. Do you see that person looking around that edge of faith with hope that they have come to see how their hearts and lives can be changed? Or do we see them with suspicion, wondering what it is they're up to instead of seeing them in the light of Christ? Are we wondering how they're going to try to take our faith away from us? And the truth is, is that that's not an issue we face. Because our faith isn't, <laughs> it isn't something that can be taken Others aren't trying to steal our faith from us. 
we have to accept that others need the hope and the love of Christ and that we have to be willing to change ourselves to be able to offer it to them without reservation. Others need the message of our risen Savior. And by opening ourselves up to sharing it with others, we invite that message more deeply into our own lives. Because we all need that love. We all need that grace. But we have to be willing to be the messengers to let others know that it's there for them as well. Which means accepting it in our hearts fully and completely. That we may run into people that we would never expect to be changed. We may come into contact with people who we feel are so lost they could never be found. It's then that we have to remember Saul. Breathing hatred and violence. He sees the error of his ways and he changes. But he changes when someone comes to offer him mercy in the name of Christ. That's the call for all of us. Because we are called to offer that mercy. We are called to share that love. We are called to be a people of hope, a people of light, and a people of change. So my message for you this day is to live your life in a way that you are always looking for a way to introduce people to Christ. Even if it is just cracking the door open just a little bit, every act of mercy counts. Every display of love counts. Every act of change can bring about something wonderful and beautiful, as long as we are willing to look past our own fears, our own judgments, and our own dismissal of others. It is then that we are able to love the way that Christ loves, seeing all as worthy of repentance, seeing all as being deserving of forgiveness of sins, seeing all as being capable of changing hearts and lives, that we may be instruments of hope, that we may be instruments of change, that Christ can change us to be more than we ever could apart from him, and that Jesus strengthens us in our hope and in our faith to endure anything and to be able to reach out and to give others mercy so that they too may change hearts and lives. In that, we can see how an act of change can change us all to desire God's love that much more. Amen.